Welcome back to the No Limits podcast. This is episode 40, and I am your host, Joey Goche, with Revelation Outdoors Waterfowl Ministry. Thank you for again tuning in and listening. It was around 2017, and I received a direct message through Instagram. Got a DM from the gram from a guy in California. We were releasing our episodes of Passion of Pursuit on Carbon TV. And the guy sending me this message was very complimentary of our show, but even more complimentary of the message and the purpose of our series. So we messaged back and forth, talking about where we each hunted, how we hunted, what species we pursued, and the differences in the settings of our pursuits. And we, of course, exchanged phone numbers and shortly after continued our discussion over the phone. And our conversations quickly evolved to our faith and the different paths we each took to finding Christ. I had, a, I admit, a difficult time identifying the accent on the other end of the line. And the more we talked the more intrigued I became until I just said, dude, where are you from? Pakistan, he said. Wait a minute. You're a Christian waterfowl hunter from Pakistan living in California. Yep. So we talked more and he asked what would he and his brother need to do to possibly hunt with us? And I said, get on an airplane. Uh, there's, There's nothing special about us. And I have to admit, I was still very curious about this Christian Pakistani duck hunter. Um, what do you guys want to hunt? I asked him. Canada geese, he said. Well, I knew that the best chance I could give them was to have them meet us in Wichita, Kansas and hunt with Ronnie Kondo. If you guys listening, if you've watched our episodes, you'll know Ronnie and his crew. Because they are they are killers. I mean, flat out goose killing savages. And add to the mix the fact that Ronnie is Asian, and this trip was setting up to be the talk of the town. Like two Pakistanis, an Asian, and a guy that looked like an armpit with eyeballs walk into the QT at four thirty one morning. I mean, it's like one of those uh, a Jew, a Gentile, a rabbi, and a priest walk into a bar like that kind of thing. Um, it was going to be epic and it was epic. Uh, Gerard Messi and his brother, Josh, not only joined us in one of the best sky panda hunts we've ever been on, but they also shared their testimony in our project identity series, which you can still watch on our website and on our YouTube channels on the, on the, on the interwebs. And so over the next couple of years, Gerard and I continued our conversations about hunting, about Jesus, and about how current affairs were lining up with Scripture. And I have thoroughly enjoyed every second of those talks. And we are going to continue those talks tonight because I have the the honor and I'm fortunate to have Gerard Massey in the studio slash rod shop tonight, Gerard. Welcome, brother. Hey, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. Honestly, it's such a pleasure to come on here and have a conversation with you. Yeah, man. It's um, 
it's been a long time coming. Um, yes. you know, we had a little break in the podcast, but, uh, always knew that we would be sitting here across the table doing this. So, uh, I'm just glad that you're here, man. How's, how's everything over on the far left coast? Everything's good, man. Well, times are changing. <laughs> <laughs> the country's not the same. No, no kidding, when, right? When I first, came, when I first uh, migrated to America, the country's not the same, man. <laughs> this yeah. is not what we left Pakistan for. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, um, and especially like after COVID, everybody has just gone like crazy. Um, yes. Nuts. Yes. I mean, sometimes yeah. I'll call you, there'll be like wire, like wildfires you know, threatening your neighborhood. And, uh, one time I called you, there was one like close, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I live in the foothills and, um, every year, man, um, it gets closer and closer to the homes. So what, it's pretty uh, scary. yeah. What part of California do you live in? So I live in Southern California, um, 60 miles east of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So if anybody who's familiar with California, Southern California, Big Bear is um, a big destination. Everybody comes to snowboard and ski. So the first city you hit when you come down to Big Bear is Highland, and that's that's where I live. So you're by Big Bear. Yes, sir. That's, that's gorgeous up there, man. It's it really beautiful. is. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. Yeah. You know what's funny is I think most people – think like when you say california they think the whole state's like los angeles <laughs> yes <not. laughs> you, you know what i mean it's like uh yeah. it, when you tell like when you tell people oh i live in the you know i'm living in new york they immediately think new york city which is such a very very small part of the state same as california right, right exactly exactly and what a, what a lot of people don't know and i don't know if it's still true or not but california um California kills more ducks than anybody. It actually does, man. It's such a big state, and um, the big state had a lot of hunters in it. And uh, we do actually shoot the most ducks in California. Um, no one actually believes me when I tell them, "Hey, I hunt ducks in California." They're like, "What?" <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> people don't know too much about duck hunting in California, and I like to keep it that way. But you know, <laughs> yeah, dude, no doubt. Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about. Uh, that trip that I was alluding to when you and your brother came to to shoot geese with us in Kansas, and then uh, we're going to talk about our trip in Mississippi, which yes, was just awesome. Yes. Uh, but before we do, uh, let's go back to the beginning. Tell us yes. uh, where you were born, where are you from, how'd you get here, what did you do? Tell us about your family. Give us give us some background. Yeah. So um, I'm a, I was born in Pakistan. Um, my parents are from Pakistan. Um, we're Christians, so um, there's not a lot of Christians in Pakistan. So to take it back even further in that, when India and Pakistan were one country, um, we have a caste system in India. You know, it was all one. And um, my caste is the Rondhavas. So Rondhavas uh, were actually the first people in battle. And um, that's where my caste comes from. And um, after the split of the country, uh, some of those Rundavas migrated to Pakistan and in the city of Fasabad, and that's where my dad's family's from. And those Rundavas who were Sikh, um, they actually converted to Christianity from the missionaries that came when British took over. And then um, that's where the conversion happened, and that's why uh, my family now is Christian. Um, my, dad, my grandpa was actually a pastor, um, and then the lineage just started from there. And um, 
being in Pakistan, um, you get highly persecuted for your faith. Um, Christians are two percent of um, of all of all the population. Of all ninety uh, percent is Muslim, and actually two percent is all other religions. Right, so mm-hmm. we're definitely the minority. And um, just to get away from the persecutions in Pakistan, having religious freedom, um, we moved to America. Um, but prior to moving to America, my parents actually in the medical field. And they um, they actually migrated to Kuwait, which is another Muslim country, but it's not as radical as Pakistan. Um, mm-hmm. But you're not able to get your citizenship. You're not able to buy any land out there. You basically go out there to work, and then you get you know after you retire, you go back home. But um, we were fortunate enough to migrate to America through the immigration process. Um, my aunt, who uh, was already living in America, she um, sponsored us, so we ended up coming to America to. Get away from all the religious persecution and just advance more in life. Um, How old were you? I was nine years old. All right. And Josh is what, just a a year or two behind you? He's actually six years younger than me. So he's three. Yeah. (laughs) I age well. Baby, man. (laughs) Yeah, Josh is young, man. Josh is young. Actually, um, I don't know if you ever told your story. When we did live, live in Kuwait during the first Gulf War, um, Josh was born on July 28th, so his birthday is actually coming up. And then um, August 1st, I believe the Gulf War started. So my mom was at home, and my dad was in the hospital. He was an OR nurse. And when the war broke out, um, all the soldiers were coming in who were wounded and stuff in the hospital. My dad was helping them treat them, so they wouldn't leave the hospital. They wouldn't let them leave the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole country was getting attacked and there was no airports open for civilians or anything. So my mom actually got um, with a group of uh, members of her church and they actually took a bus all the way from Kuwait all the way to Jordan. And then from Jordan, she was able to um, hop on the plane and go back to Pakistan. But just a migration of, you know, through that, man, they were, they were traveling through just desert and this was August. So, it easily gets up to 125 degrees out there, and for my mom to take a five-year-old and a six and a you know three-day-old son with no diapers, no nothing, and not even knowing if you have food or not, it was just amazing, man. From come out of there, and then now we're all in America, and you know, it's all God's plan for us to be here, man. It's the that's crazy, to be here. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's so when Iraq invaded mm-hmm. Kuwait, yeah, Kuwait, yeah, yeah, yeah 1990, yeah. Yep. Um, but you still have a lot of family in Pakistan. So we do. We have uh, quite a few family out there. Actually, my, uh, my wife's side of the family is still out there. Um, they're still going through you know, some of the persecutions and stuff. Um, but, you know, it's daily life out there, right? That's um, yeah. something you get used to and, you know, something you go with. So hopefully they'll be here one day with us too. But, yeah, we do. I do have family out there. Yeah. Now, what a lot of people don't know is they shoot a lot of ducks in Pakistan, dude. <laughs> and then you got to do the. You duck told duck you <laughs> told me that, and I'm like <laughs> negative. I just like you had to show me pictures. What's it? Was it a relative of yours you were showing me? Yeah, yeah. it's actually my uh, my wife's cousin who hunts <laughs> waterfowl out there. He's not the one who was doing the dance, though. <laughs> Dude, that was off the chain. Uh, Gerard shows me. Either you showed me, or your brother showed me. I think it was Josh. This, yeah. d- this dance, 
And I, like homeboy was just getting down with the ducks. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the, I just had to watch. And he, the funniest thing was him translating, right? Was him translating what he was right. saying. And I'm like, what is this cat talking about, man? God, it was so funny. Yeah, yeah. Josh still talks so about it this funny. day. <laughs> what um what kind of ducks do they shoot there? Oh man, so so they do have um a lot of the ducks we have here. Do they do get the mallards, they get the teals, but you know, some of the teals out there are different from the one we have. So yeah. they have a Bacall teal out there, which migrates from China, from Bacall Lake. They have that out there, they have a lot of the partridge out there. Um so they have like a it's a hybrid between a redhead and um a canvas back yeah it's just a really cool duck that they have out there um they get barred geese out there which is a little different from ah. the bar geese we have which is the yeah. specs right it's, it's a little yeah. different from that and um how the migration works out there so in the wintering time they um a lot of the birds are up in siberia and then once the winter hits they'll make their way down and then um Pakistan actually had a lot of um a lot of wetlands a lot of marshes they have a lot of rivers actually um, big province in Pakistan is called Punjab, and Punjab means five rivers. So it's a connection of five rivers. Um, Indus River, I'm not sure if you heard of it, is big, you know, you know, goes mm-hmm. all the way down into the Indian Ocean. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of waterfowl out there. We have Wigeon. Um, Wigeon's a little different. We have the uh, Eurasian Wigeon. I'm not sure right. if you're familiar with that. Yeah, we have the Eurasian yep. Wigeon. Yep. Yeah, they're beautiful too, man. So one day, man, I'm looking forward to going out there and hunt them and hope you can come with me. <laughs> I got the beard, man. Yeah, like I yeah. may have to let it grow a little bit longer because, <laughs> as you just pointed out, I've cut it a little short, mm-hmm. uh, which was a mistake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, that would be that would be crazy. So, yeah. all right, so you guys, you get here when you're nine, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how much English did you know? Oh, man, a few words here and there. <laughs> Honestly, not that much. <laughs> Really? Yeah. And I, what was that? Can you remember what that was like? I mean, I, I can't even imagine like showing up here and going, all right, let's get after it. Here we are. Um, what was yeah, that so, like? So I, had a funny, I have a funny story about that. It's um, pretty embarrassing, but. <laughs> um, so the, oh, I those started, are the best ones, dude. <laughs> right? So I started off yeah. in four, I started off in fourth grade and um, you just got thrown into school and you just had to like figure everything out. So I think it was close to Mother's Day, and um, so the teacher told us to get, um, you know, a bunch of uh, get a construction paper, how to draw everything out, and so I really don't know what to do. So the guy sitting next to me, I just started copying his, you know, and then um, I had copied everything that he did, right? <laughs> and then when I got done, the guy looked at me, he's like, dude, why are you copying? I was like, come on, bro, I'm not copying you. He said, bro, it says, I love you, mom, by Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I got oh man, plagiarism knows right. no bounds, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's so, crazy. So yeah, bro, we um, learn quick though. You know, yeah, as kids, when you come out here, you just get thrown in. You learn quick, you know. So, what was the hardest thing for you to get used to? Or, well, yeah, what was the hardest thing for you to get used to? Other than the language and like obviously just communicating with people, but. Uh, let me see. You know what? It was um, not too much because, like, the thing was, we, so my, my dad's side of the family, they have five brothers and sisters. So, three of them, we all migrated here at the same time. 
so we have you know a huge family and um a lot yeah. of a lot of cousins of my age so we all do school at the same time so like we're always together we all grew up together so it was a uh, it would been harder if i transitioned to it by myself but since we have right. all our cousins together it was a smooth transition we all learned together and like we all moved into the same uh, apartment complex in redlands california and that's when mm-hmm. we all grew up and just playing and then you know you, you just learn and you pick everything up man so it, it, it was a good transition what uh what did you what did you like the most um i mean was it cuz you're like we're going to get into it but you're a foodie bro i am, I am. like if you if you look at gmos <laughs> 101 on the gram mm-hmm. a homeboy is a foodie like 100% <laughs> foodie um but what did you obviously escaping persecution was and mm-hmm. i you know we'll talk about it but americans have no idea Mm-hmm. what religious persecution is i mean you know we go to this church oh we don't really like the message or you know we like the music but the child care is yeah so, so we'll go check this one i check that like we have no idea right um but what did you like what were you like yeah this place i can get down here like what was it that you really like? I love uh, I love McDonald's <laughs> honestly <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why i've I don't know why I was expecting that, but that's really? kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. 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 yeah, I, yeah. And still to this day, I still, uh, I always still get a, a double quarter pound of a baking man. Still to this day. <laughs> I love it. Brah, you can't beat the number two deluxe. Man. Uh, there you go. You got the numbers down. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat the number two deluxe, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. You've been here now uh, since you, how old are you now? I'm 37. All right, so you've been here almost thirty years. Almost thirty years, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you were like you in the sports when you were younger? Like, like uh, big basketball mm-hmm. fan, diehard Laker fan. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. And she told me you went to school with Shaq, right? Around the same time. Yeah, man. Um, Shaq and I were at LSU the same time. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. just as big as he looks on TV, that's how, that's how big he is in person. And you're a big guy, man. For you to say that, it's, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but homeboy can sell shade in the summer, and I mean he's he's big. Yeah, he's yeah. real big. Yeah. So what what do you do now in California? Because you're kind of in the medical field. I am. I am. So I, um, so like I was talking about earlier, my parents were both nurses. So um, right now I'm a psych tech, which is a psych nurse. So I work in a forensic psych hospital. So mm-hmm. in the hospital, basically, um, is anybody who committed a crime? And during the crime, there, you know, the, the court system deemed them as psychotic during the crime. Um, they end up, they end up in the hospital. So pretty much it's a prison system because they're doing their time, but they're there, yeah. they're there for treatment. So, um, they're even calling patients. So that's the clientele that I work with right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your brother, your, your brother just graduated. Like he, not too long ago. Yeah, he graduated about a year and a half ago and he got his doctorate in um nurse practitioner in um psych. So he, he yeah. he's prescribing medication, he's seeing diagnosing a lot of people. So he's also in the psych field. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Messina. And uh Yeah. And I saw pictures of the wedding. <laughs> yeah. And you were supposed to dude, be dude. Dude, yeah, I know. Um I'm just going to tell anybody, if you haven't seen like a full on show enough Pakistani wedding, (laughs) 
dude, bro, we you get need down. to check it out. We get down. Well, do you get down? <laughs> I mean, way down, dude. Yeah. Like for days. Yeah. I mean, that just that looked like so much fun, man. I wish I could have made that out there, bro. Yeah, man. So Josh, but, um, so Josh got married um, in Iowa, and Iowa didn't know what was coming to hit him, man. They're, they're a small little town, Orange, Orange City. Dude. They had no idea what was yeah. coming, bro. <laughs> That's the other thing, man. It's like yeah. this Pakistani wedding didn't happen in California. This happened in the cornfields of Iowa. Right. <laughs> this like that's what we're doing it it was fun man it was was fun oh man well let's talk about um let's talk about duck hunting in california yeah because i'm sure you know we've got a lot of people that listen in the mississippi flyway um a lot of folks in arkansas a lot of guys you know north um but not not too many um in California. So give me the lay of the land, man. What's it like out there? Where do you hunt? So, yeah, man, so kind of like what we talked about earlier, California shoes, uh, you know, the biggest number of ducks uh, in the hunting season. And, and the big reasons for that is it's such a big state, but not only that. Um, so Southern California, what everybody knows about is the beaches, Hollywood, movie stars. Northern California is all agriculture, right? So we have a lot of rice fields out there. And when the yep. when the ducks do come migrate, when it gets you know when it, when everything starts freezing over up north in Washington and stuff like that, when they migrate down, man, the all the rice fields are canny to them, and it never really gets too cold enough for them to freeze up, right? So man, they they, they love it out here in California. That's one of the big reasons why we shoot so many ducks because the amount of water we have and the, and the amount of food we have for the migrating ducks, man, they they love it out here. Um, I hunt Southern yeah. California. Um, so we get everything else that trickles down, you know. So our season usually gets good in like late December and January, but we get a mixed bag of ducks. Um, so you know, if you go towards the coast, you can shoot, you know, uh, mostly up north, but you can shoot brants out there. You know, you can't really shoot a lot of brants in you know most of the country, but you can shoot brant. We have all three kinds of teal out here, and um, you still got to come out and shoot your cinnamon, right? We, 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 I know, man. I, that's I got to check that one off my list, dude. Yeah, we, we do get we get uh, you know full plumage of cinnamons out here. Um, we get widgeon, we get pin, man pintails out here. You can only shoot two, and then the rest of the day you just watch them fly over you, man. It's like California needs to yeah. you know, up the limits on pintails, but you know it's a nationwide Dakota. So, but a lot of pintails yeah, out here. Yeah, but you guys get, get of, um, like spe- speckle bellies out here in Northern California. It's amazing. We're starting to get a lot of snow geese out here. Um, two years ago, I hunted, I hunted Northern California. And I'm not lying to you, bro. In one hour, we shot 400 snow geese. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> it was insane. Daggone, son. Yeah, yeah. So we have. Uh, Leave some for the rest of us. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, bro. It's, um, yeah, you didn't, even, you didn't even put a dent in them. No, no, not at all, man. Not at all. The, those farmers hate them up there, bro. They hate them up there because oh, no. they come and wipe out the fields, man. They come and come at night, you know, in the full moon, and then next morning, your fields like down to the dirt, man. So the farmers don't like yeah. them out here. I I rode through, so I, I did some work in Sacramento years ago, okay. right? Uh-huh. And um, I rode through like Glen County. Glen County. And Glen okay. County, mm-hmm. it was like duck club after duck club after duck club after duck club. Yes. And I was like, golly, man. Yeah. That and um I think the uh Sandhill Cranes. 
Yeah, you know what's that? You got some sand hills. We do, but we can't shoot them in California. You gotta um, either cross the border into Arizona or get, go down to Texas, man. But we do get a lot of them out here. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Something you can't shoot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I heard they taste amazing. I haven't shot one yet, so I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, hunting them. Uh, one of my buddies invited me out to New Mexico, so hopefully, fingers crossed, this year we'll be able to go and hunt. Yeah, dude. I had some last year. Uh, didn't shoot them, mm-hmm. um, but was brought some to cook. Okay. And dude, I'm not kidding you. Like, it's a good thing they don't have them in Louisiana because <laughs> I would wipe them out. And it, it's deceiving, man, when they're up high. Yeah. Like, they look like a flying pencil. <laughs> dude. That's what they look like a pencil <laughs> with wings. Right. Um, but I mean, these things are like, I still have that picture of that giant Canada you shot. Yeah. With the wingspan, like six feet or something ridiculous like that. Right, right. Like they're bigger. Than, they're bigger than that. Oh my god! Yeah. How big is the breast on them, though? Is that what you did? You, um, what you ate or? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's all it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like football. Yeah. So, oh, dude, it's just and her oh and her taste like ribeye. It was amazing. Everybody who eats them says like ribeye the sky. They, Dude, I'm telling you, it is really? like Man. the best ribeye steak you've ever had. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. But you know what's funny is like mm-hmm. somebody had to be the first dude to shoot one of those and go, let's give it a shot. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. How bad can it be? It looks like a dinosaur. It's like, dang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they were they were awesome. Yeah. So um, are you still, do you hunt San Jacinto? Yeah, I still hunt San Jacinto. Yeah, that's my local refuge, bro. That's my, okay. that's my home. It's um. Only thirty minutes away, so on my weekends, man, boom, I'm out there, I hunt there, and it's um, I love that place, man. That's where I first started hunting, I first shot my first duck out there, so it's, it's close to my heart, man. Now that refuge is run, it's it's kind of interesting because, as I understand it, like there's blind set up, like there's, I mean, it's a draw, it is, right? It explain is. explain how it works, explain the whole place. So it, it's run through. Um, the Department of Fish again. So what it is is we have fifty blinds out there, and um, the money that gets sent through uh, wildlife, um, the, the fishing game, we have fifty blinds set up. And the guy who works out there, Tom, that guy's amazing, man. He's an amazing guy, go believer. Um, so he has they, they set up all the blinds. So how it works at the beginning of the season, everybody puts in. It's a lottery system, and if we do get drawn, uh, fifty parties, um, you know, fifty groups of people can go out. Four in a blind, two different blinds, and um, if the, all those lottery people show up, it's filled. Or if not, there's like usually the most that seems like thirty people show up for the draw. The rest gets filled by uh, refill, and then throughout the day, mm-hmm. as people finish their hunt, the next person can go on and hunt. So it's a little different, probably from what you guys have. You guys have more open, um, right? Just open room, free room area where you guys hunt. And we do have some of the refuge yep. too, but um, San Jacinto in particular is a blind, it's a blind system. That's what he set up for you. Yeah. So, um, and you guys get what, like a hundred days or a hundred and twenty day seasons or something ridiculous like that. How long? How many days you get to hunt? Uh, it's, it's about ninety day season in Ca- in California. Yes, it's about ninety days. Huh? We we start off the end of October. 90. Yeah, and it goes okay. to the end of January. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
And so like the blinds are set mm-hmm. is, is the water controlled and they, they pump and everything it else. Is, it is. Just- yeah. So this is the water is pumped. Um, so actually they're going to start doing it soon. So what they do, they do have the water come in and um, start flooding the, start flooding the refuge and they have different buckweeds and stuff that they plant out there for when the, dirt, the ducks do migrate, you know, and they have a place like a no hunt zone where actually, you know, mm-hmm. the birds can rest and are migrating and stuff. Yeah. 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 Right. So it's an awesome setup, man. It's an awesome setup and it brings a lot of mixed bag of ducks and stuff. So it's, it's a fun shoot out there close to the house. So I love it. Yeah. How, how did you get into duck hunting? Okay. Um, we can go even more back how I got into hunting itself. Um, yeah. So my dad in Pakistan, he used to hunt with his brothers. So he he um, grew up hunting. And then back home, did did hunted a lot with um, pellet guns, slingshots, and occasionally shotguns. And they do have, uh, they hunt with nets also. So how that works is have two bird dogs, and they basically go down a field. And um, once they point, two hunters go up on, you know, maybe like 100 yards away from them and have two big nets set up and the dogs when they flush them the birds go right into the net and they capture them and that's how you know like people who don't have enough money to get ammo and stuff that's <laughs> that's how they hunt them out there so it, dude that's the og way of doing it yeah dog. yeah I mean, it is it is yeah <laughs> so it, it's, yeah it's, it's awesome i never got to hunt that way i want to do it one day just to see how it is and what everything goes yeah. behind it you know i think it'd be a cool experience so um yeah when my dad did come to America, um, he didn't get to hunt because, you know, moving your whole family into a different country, you got to get your nursing license again. And, you know, everything gets, yeah. hunting gets thrown into the back burner because you got to take care of your family. So I was never able to go hunting with him. But um, what got me into hunting is like my bedtime stories were about hunting. It was about him and his him and his brothers going out to hunt and, you know, different species that they hunted and, you know, him shooting with a slingshot. He, he loved pigeon hunting, so he always told me stories about him using his pellet gun, shooting pigeons. And those were my bedtime stories. So they'll always, you know, stuck with me. Um, so when I got a little older, um, started working, you know, I started making my own money. I was like, man, I want to get, get into hunting. So me and my cousin, we started talking and um, we didn't know too much about it, you know, especially hunting in America. We just bought some pellet guns. And um, the first time we went to the shooting range to side them in, we are out there shooting. It was like, you know what I mean? Like, and the guy, and, yeah. and the guy next to him was like, boom, that big old blast. And I'm like, dude, what are you shooting? He's like, hey, man, I'm going to, I'm going next week to Africa to shoot an elephant. And I'm like, dude, what are we doing here with little pellet guns in this range, you know? <laughs> you ain't going to shoot elk, dog. I know that much. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so, so we had a humble beginning, man, of hunting. And then just, uh, my cousin, he put in actually for a draw system and he ended up going duck hunting before me. I was actually in Boxland getting married. So when I came back, he told me all about it, how much fun he had. He's like, bro, let's go out to hunt ducks. San Jacinto, and that's where he went. So he went out to hunt, and um, you know, by the time we got a shotgun and everything, we didn't have a dog, so we go out to the marsh and pick up our ducks. So we're sitting out there, and just um, what got me hooked to hunting, man, is just, just watching the stars in the morning, man. Like, it's beautiful, you know? California, when we don't have a you know overcast and stuff, the stars are amazing, man. Just watching the stars, and... Just hearing the marsh come to life and all the birds chirping and you hear the ducks, the whistling of the wings flying above. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing, right? The ducks were, so the ducks started flying, you know, uh, shooting time. The first two pairs of ducks came up. My cousin was like, all right, bro, go ahead and shoot them. So I pulled up, boom, dropped one of them, you know, and then um, I went to go pick it up, brought it back. And he's like, dude, that's not even a duck, that's a coot. 
<laughs> so, I, I don't even know, like, <laughs> so I didn't even know what a duck was, and the flap oh, of the wings man. and stuff, you know, but, so we, so, so we learned from scratch, man, and that doesn't learn, a coot doesn't taste good, <laughs> so. Dude, you're, it, it could have been worse, bro, it could have been like a merganza. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a lot worse, Yeah, man. yeah, so. We, we had a humble beginning, man, and just, just learning the ducks and stuff. And we started going there every week, bro. Just got super hooked to it. Like, that's all I thought about was ducks. Even when I called you and I, and I noticed you on Instagram, just yeah. pictures and stuff. And I'm like, dude, ducks, ducks, ducks. And then you start, you know, I saw you preaching. I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is me. I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I gotta know. So you and your cousin mm-hmm. show up in the parking lot mm-hmm. at San Jacinto, right? Mm-hmm. Got to go put in for the lottery. Yeah. Um. Here's these two Pakistani dudes with a bunch of good old boys. Yeah. What was that like, dude? So I saw, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so honestly, growing up in California is such a, a melting pot of diversity of ethnicity. You know, people from all over mm-hmm. the world are in California, especially Southern California. So racism is nothing that you really, you know, that you grow up, like, especially back then, you know, you don't really grow up, like, thinking about it, you know. Um, right. I think the first time I actually did face anything like that was that Sam Sinto <laughs> standing there waiting to go hunt ducks. And um, I remember these two guys. So that, that particular day, we didn't really get picked up. So we're waiting for someone to come back so we can go hunt. And this group of people coming in, and I'm like, hey, man, what did you guys shoot? And then that guy just looked at me and kept on walking. And I'm like, dude, what was that? So, and then we started picking it up more. Like, people really wouldn't talk to us, man. And um, there's one guy in particular who did start talking to me. And um, he actually went out and hunted with me. And, and he was like, bro, like, I don't mean to be rude, man. But the reason people don't talk to you is because of your skin color. And I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, like, look at it. Like, hunting is basically a predominantly white male you know, sport. And he's like, everybody looks at you like, what the heck are you guys doing here? You know what I mean? So, right. you know, so I, so I sat down and talked to him about my culture and like, I told him a story that my grandpa always tells me, which is um, during the migration of India and Pakistan in the split of the country, um, the Hindus and the Sikhs who were staying in India and the Christians and the Muslims, well, Christians were going all over the place, but particularly going to Pakistan and the Muslims were going to Pakistan. And in between the migration and the country splitting up, you know, there's a turmoil. There was no restaurants open. There's nothing open. And um, while the migration was going on, I remember Grandpa told me they would get like slingshots. You know, they would get tree branches, fashion them to slingshots, and they would shoot, you know, quails and doves. And that's how they survived the migration by eating those. So hunting is so embedded in my culture and who we are as people. And that's how I was explaining to this guy, bro, like, yeah, in America, you guys might think it's just you guys doing it, but we've been doing this. That's how we survived <laughs> in our in our country, you know. And no one, no one had right. the idea or the concept of that. Now, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I imagine. Like, did your folks talk about um, when they first got here? Like, were they kind of shunned or looked down on or, um, you know, I don't I, I, I know that, I know that Christians in Pakistan are like second class citizens. Right. I, I know that from a fact, mm-hmm. uh, cause we talked a lot right. about that. 
Um, did your folks face any of that when they got here? You know, um, the persecution out there is so heavy, bro, that when you come to America and uh, whatever persecution that you do get out here in the sense of like people like just looking at you funny or, you know what I mean? They're looking at you, what, what are you doing here? It's nothing compared to the persecution you get out there. You know, so when, so when you when you do come out here, it's almost like a fresh breath air. It's like, no, bro, what are we getting back home yeah. is a lot worse. Just for your just for your faith, yeah. you know what I mean. And um, so, right. and especially being in the medical field in in California, just so, so much diversity of different countries and stuff. So we were able to fit right in, and um, even the persecution or even the people looking at us weird or just any kind of racial stuff that we would have face we didn't really notice it because how heavy the persecution was in boxing because it's so much better than where you are exactly exactly yeah 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 still sucks <laughs> yeah um you know because I, I look at guys um you know we hunted in arkansas mm-hmm. and um uh you know, Matt said, yeah, I've got this guy. He's got some property on the Lango River. Like, they, they kill a lot of ducks. And we show up, and um, the dude's name was Kevlon Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a black guy. Okay. And uh, I just, I remember, like, man, that's weird. Black black guy duck hunting, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a kid growing up, uh, I used to go run rabbits with, mm-hmm. my, uh, with my grandfather. Well, I didn't. The dogs did. Um, and, uh, one of the guys that worked for him, black guy, mm-hmm. uh, he had dogs and draw, I swear he could talk to these dogs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, like he knew, like he could listen to him across the swamp, dude. Wow. Yeah. And just knew what they were saying. And, but that, that was the extent of me running into anybody that was not white mm-hmm. hunting. Right. And, um, and but you're starting to see more and more and more of that right. just kind of dissipating, sure. um, and I, and I think it's I think it's great. We talk about like you got two sons, right? Yeah. They uh, are they getting bit by the hunting bug like dad did or what? Oh man, <laughs> yeah, man. That, uh, <clears throat> it's hard to sneak out of bed now in the morning without them like noticing I'm gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And then this phone Dude, call, favorite, why don't you take me, why don't you take me? Yeah, my favorite picture is one of the ones you just put up on Instagram where you said your son wanted a steak with a handle on it, so you cooked him <laughs> a tomahawk steak. A tomahawk steak, yeah, yeah. That was that was awesome, dude. That he could barely, he could barely so hold that you, thing up. <laughs> yeah, dude, but he was getting after it, bro. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was getting after it. Yeah. Um, so you talked about... Um, like when we first met, picked you and your brother up in Wichita. Mm-hmm. Talk about that hunt with Ronnie, because that was I. That was a that was a pretty special hunt, man. I thought. Oh man, I, I, dude! Honestly, I was so excited just just for the hunt because that was my first time hunting out of California, and anywhere else, right? And I, and then I, I believe I didn't think Josh was that was his first time meeting Ashley's parents, so he was in Iowa, so he didn't want to miss it, so he flew from Iowa. To meet me up in Wichita so we can hunt with you. So um, mm-hmm. just getting out there, bro. We're from Southern California, bro. I showed up there with ripped jeans on. And when that wind hit me and hit my legs, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, was, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that, bro. We're from Southern California, you know. So um, Thank God for A-frames that morning, right? Oh, yeah, dude, definitely. 
Yeah, so so the hunt was, man, it was uh, when you guys picked us up, just like, just even started the, tip, the trip, man, just meeting you and Brian and just like hearing God's faith and um, how you guys got together and how God got you guys back together. And then what, what came out of that was, was just amazing. You know what I mean? I think that, that was the biggest thing of just like your guys' faith. You know what I mean? Your guys' faith made my faith stronger in that trip. You know, I think that was, that was the best part about that trip, you know, and I remember, and I remember this, um, I'm, I'm scared of people who are like super Christians, honestly, like, I feel like I don't fit in around them. They think they're better than everybody else. Just the religious, religious people, right? And I remember, I remember, uh, we first came out and I was still kind of nervous about that. I think I discussed the pastor, like, I don't know how it's going to be, you know what I mean? Um, but we came out and we're we're loading our, um, bags in your, in your, is it, I think I read SUV you had, right? Yeah, and I think you still picked, got it. You still got it. Yeah, and I think you picked up one of the bags. Yeah, my daughter's driving it now, but I still got it. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. So I remember you picked up one of the bags and you, and you threw it in the back, and I think somehow it, you caught your finger on it or something happened, and you ended up seeing a cuss with And I looked at Josh and I was like, "Dude, we fit in." Oh, <laughs> 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 like, these guys are not perfect. Man. Yeah, they're just like us, you know. And I think that's what honestly Christianity is, man. It's not like. You become perfect once you become saved. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about the heart. I think a lot yeah. of people miss that and they get caught up in the religion aspect of just following a set of rules in Christianity, you know? And I think- yeah, Well, I, I am a sailor. And <laughs> uh, so, you know, not not proud of what comes out of my mouth sometimes. But you're right. Yeah. Your point is well taken. Yeah. Um, saved does not mean perfect. It means forgiven. Right. Um, so- I remember we were walking into the Cabela's or Gander Mountain or something. You were walking or walking out, and there were geese all over the place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we just started. I thought we were going to land some in the parking lot, man. That dude, would have been epic. Dude, I still have the video of us in the parking lot, and you were um, honking at them. Yeah. And yeah, you pulled out your car. It did almost land. <laughs> I remember it flew right over us. And I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, bro. So I think yeah. This- yeah. So, I think later on that day, I think we got the little early to um, – Ronnie's house so he's like hey you might mm-hmm. be able to go on a, on the evening hunt and I remember we packed up all our stuff and like I was like man these guys are freaking professional man. you guys have trailers you have everything and that's not what we're used to in California you know something totally different so when we got out there it was like a cornfield I remember it was cut down and um, you stood there and dried this is the X right here and I'm like this like, I got to say anything to you but I looked at Josh I was like dude man I don't think we're going to get anything man this is what do you mean this is the X right <laughs> So we, so we set up everything, set up the A-frames and put all the hundreds of, <laughs> you know, decoys out there. Um, we sat down and then um, I think it was like, it took a while, maybe half hour until, you know, the first mallard that came in. And I, and I specifically remember the first mallard that came in, I was like, dude, and right behind that mallard, I think we landed like, dude, it had to be, man, like 60, you know, mallards. Yeah, it was you, a big group. It was a big group, man, right? But we couldn't shoot yeah. him because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't duck season. Right. And I looked at Josh and I was like, dude, I think this is going to be good. And then in the far distance, we heard a honk. And he goes, get down, get down, get down. And we couldn't hear anything because he told us, to don't don't get up, don't look up, just keep your face down. And I can hear him. I can hear him all flying all around us. And I was getting excited. I was getting excited. We got up. We got up to shoot. And they were like right in my face, bro. It was like nothing i ever seen before. Yeah. And I'm just like a kid in a candy store, a big old smile on face, and I'm just shooting him, you know. And I looked at all right, Josh, I'm like, dude, that was awesome. How many did you shoot? And he's like, dude, I didn't even shoot. And I was like, 
what do you mean you didn't shoot, bro? And he's like, dude, I couldn't shoot. I've never seen anything like that. He was just amazed by the amount of honkers was in our face, man. It, it was that's something I'll never forget, man. That was, that was that was such an awesome trip, and that particular moment in itself. And talking to Joss and him, just watching him just stand with his face, like, dude, I didn't know which one to shoot. There's so many of them, you know. It, it was it was awesome. Was it the X or was it the X? Did I tell you? You're right, bro. <laughs> yeah. You were right. It was the X, man. Yeah. And you were talking about like ronnie like being pros right like they're trailers mm-hmm. um i've said this before but like ronnie and all of those guys uh kenny and all the guys that hunt with them mm-hmm. like everybody has a job right like when we pull in the field in the morning mm-hmm. and the tailgate hits the ground from the trailer mm-hmm. and we drag the decoys out everybody like Ronnie sometimes will draw it up on the, he's got a little whiteboard right. on that side door of his he trailer. Did do that, did, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He'll draw it up and like, okay, here's the field winds coming from this way. There's the fence row, like put the A-frame blinds here. We're going to do a circle with a kill hole in the middle with the decoys ready. Break. Yeah. And dude, it's just, it's like everybody is and the first time I went uh-huh. with him, I'm trying to help. And all I'm doing is getting in their way. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Right. Cause I don't want to be that dude that shows up and like, Oh, you know, let me know when everything's set up. Like I'm trying to do it. And they're just like, bro, really? It's easier if you just get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Roger that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, those guys, it, it's just, it's like seal team six, man. Oh, man. They, I mean, they're just so such a well, such machine. a well-oiled machine. Exactly. Yeah, they, exactly. they really are. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, so we hunted a few days. We did good on some days, not so good on others. Um, but the, the one picture I remember is you holding that giant Canada. Oh, yeah. That, that thing is huge. Uh, it was one of the, dude is like a swan. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Like you said earlier, it was like a six foot wingspan, man. That thing was massive. It was, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, um, I think I held that one in another picture. And one of the cracklers, and I held it up like that. And the difference between that two is just amazing, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Just, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's what I love about hunting with Ron. Like, he just takes you into his home. Yeah. Oh man. That, you know, yeah. and we had that whole downstairs to it's just like, yeah, this dude doesn't know us from anybody. I mean, I just happened to hook up with him like friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing. Yeah. And you got him and Slim and Kenny and all those guys. They're just they're just such such good guys. Um, oh, they're they're amazing. With, I, they're amazing. It, it, even just yeah. like the culture of people in California versus you know Kansas is totally different, man. Like in California, like you know, you stand in the line and nobody talks to you. Someone starts talking to you, like, what do you want? You're weird, you know. But that guy, right. like, not even knowing him, opening up the house to us, it was just man, it, it was awesome. It was yeah. amazing, man. Super nice guy, humble. It was awesome. Yeah, they um, they're just they're just good guys. That's that's the blessing of the sport is the people you meet along the way. Yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. Um, and so we made that hunt, and I guess like three or four years later, mm-hmm. um, you hit me up and you're like, "Hey, man, I want to hunt timber." Yeah, I'm like now you're talking my <laughs> now you're talking my language. Yeah. yeah, um, and so unfortunately Josh couldn't make it on this 
the hunt that we're going to talk about now, but yeah. um, we hunted with Dave Bowen yeah. at uh, Southwoods mm-hmm. in in Mississippi, mm-hmm. and that I just I love that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I love hunting Beaver Dam Slough. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to talk about so my I'm going to talk about my favorite thing after you talk about that hunt and what you liked about it. Okay. Man, that that hunt, um, dude, we, it's nothing. I never experienced anything like that in California. Just like getting in a boat and um, hauling butt, and you can't even see anything. It's like big old monster trees everywhere. I'm like, dude, like we're about to die, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are these guys doing? I've been on a cut, yeah. Yeah, I've been on a couple of those rides with Bowen. He knows one speed, rabbit. Exactly, exactly. And I was like, man. all the way to the blind. Yeah, and um, dude, but getting to the blind itself, it was like that blind is so amazing, dude. Like that's like top notch hunting. You're in Lazy Boys. You got a guy cooking breakfast for you. I, I was spoiled, bro. Yeah. I didn't expect anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That heaters in the blind. I was like, dude. Can't get any better than this. I told you you were going to be, man. <laughs> Dude, that, that was awesome, man. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. And I'm shooting ducks. This guy's handing me pancakes with, you know, sausages. And I'm like, Dude, are you serious right now? <laughs> like, they go, oh, yeah. Little fat green heads coming, like, falling off in the sky, bro. As soon as you get under the, can- you know, on the canopy. Oh, it's awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, I still talk about the hunt to this day. All the guys out here, I was like, man, timber is something that you have to do, man. It's like nothing else, honestly. Yeah, when um when you get a chance to come back, I'm going to take you on a grunt hunt, which is because okay. you know hunting with Bowen's easy. Yeah, I mean because he's got the big you know it's a big huge pontoon blind. You pull the mm-hmm. boat under, mm-hmm. um, you get up in the blind, like you said. There's there's literally couches mm-hmm. and recliners right in the blind. So people that say you can't kill them from the sofa, <laughs> I I beg to differ because I have. Um, the first time I hunted there with him, the um, the wind was actually in our face. But it's such mm-hmm. a chore to move that blind around that yeah. we just left it. Yeah. And so the one thing that we always shoot a lot of on Beaver Dam Slough is gray ducks or gadwall, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, we kill a lot of mallards on there too. Right. Uh, but many a hunt has been saved by the old elusive gray duck. Um, and so this in that slew, for whatever reason, they fly in big groups, yeah, like big groups, well over 50 and 60. Mm-hmm. And so they had a big group buzzes and went behind us. And if you remember in that blind, mm-hmm. you could turn around while you're sitting on the sofa, you could turn around and look behind the blind there was a slat so you could actually watch at the back of the blind right and bowen's cooking breakfast mm-hmm. and uh as gray ducks a lot of times do if they if they give you a really quick pass mm-hmm. and they see your deeks <clears throat> a lot of times uh if you give them 5 10 12 15 minutes they'll come back yeah uh so i kept looking kept mm-hmm. looking kept looking and i see him turn and it was probably 60 or 70 in this group. Yeah. And I told Bowen, I said, they're coming back. He said, how many? I said, all of them. <laughs> and because the wind was in our face, they broke down. Like, I I think some of them 
actually flew through the trees and almost touched the top of the blind. Wow. And lit, I mean, almost down on the water. Uh-huh. And because you're in a pontoon that's floating high, you're kind of shooting down on them. Right. 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 And, uh, dude, it wasn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> it was not fair because we, we hurt their feelings bad. How many did you drop out of that group? So there was, <clears throat> I think there were probably eight of us mm-hmm. in the blind that morning. Mm-hmm. And, I think we probably had 15, 18 Oof, yeah. in that, in that one volley. Wow. And, oh. and Bowen was running down cripples for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear him way down on the other <laughs> side of the lake? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like bring a case of shells with you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, if, if no one, it like, if, if you're listening and you want a, 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 a guided trip that you will never forget Southwoods duck club. Oh yeah. Definitely recommend Dave it. Bowen. And he's just a great dude. I he's mean, a good guy, man. Yeah, good guy. You 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 feel like you've known him, right? Like forever, right? Right. right. Um, and so he's just he's an awesome dude. I love his cabin. Oh, ca- that we stayed at the cabin's awesome. Cabin's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's built for fellowship, right? Right. Right. Um, but when you come back, um. I need to bring you in the Mississippi Delta because that's a different kind of hunt. I, I want to hunt it, man. Um, You've been talking about it for years, and that's where you got saved, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You gotta, you I can take, take you. There. Yeah, I take you to the tree, man. I know where my left foot was and my right foot was. Wow. I can still find it. Wow. Um, but it's a it's a walk in and mm-hmm. it's a walk out kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not hard walk because it's you know you're they have sloughs and dry ground between them and sloughs and dry ground and so and you just walk the dry ground. Mm-hmm. till you get to uh to where you want to hunt yeah and um yeah it's a it's a special place but you got to do it late in the year okay um you know i don't know what the problem is the last couple of years there's a water control structure that they they don't pump water in uh-huh. but what they do is they close the water control structure after the last deer draw hunt because they got deer in there big enough you can put a saddle on and ride them out really um Wow. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, huge deer. And so, um, I don't know what it is, but the last two years they've left the gates open for the water. And so whatever rain we do get just runs out. Mm. And so, uh, you know, the, the water's been, water's been spotty. Um, mm-hmm. if you find water, you can find ducks, but you'll probably find, you know, two dozen people that want to hunt the same place. Cause it's all public. Right. Um, now, a lot of times when the water's out, people kind of lose interest. They don't, you know, they don't show up. And right. I mean, you can still kill ducks in there, but it's, it's definitely, we hunted it last year, end of the season. Mm-hmm. And just what I told you, like we walked in and where we should have hit water, we, we were crackling leaves. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, man, this, yeah. this ain't good. I mean, yeah. luckily I've been hunting it long enough that I knew where there was water mm-hmm. always. Mm -hmm. um and so you know the wood ducks did their thing we had a few passes from a group a couple of groups of mallards in the morning but it just wasn't like what it should have been like right you guys have have a big problem with water out there now right it's the whole delta just drying up and yeah i mean it's um we've been getting a good bit of rain 
lately. Um, mm-hmm. but we need a lot more. Right. Um, it's, it's got to hurry up if it's, if it's going to happen this year, because the ground's got to saturate first. And so you can get three or four inches of rain and go back two days later. And look, you won't even, yeah, you won't even know it rained. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they got snakes and there's bigger. Oh, storm. Yeah. Water moccasins. Dude, I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cotton yeah. miles. I hate them. Yeah. I don't know about that. Man. They're just, <laughs> man, they're just, they're just all together evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's talk about, so, um, I love your page. Uh, and so I can tell the three things that you're super passionate about and you can tell on your page is your family mm-hmm. hunting and food. Yes. yes right. Yeah. Because you do some really, really creative stuff. Like on the Traeger, you and I are both like Traeger guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, talk about some of the stuff you see on your, on your page or, or how, how did you develop that passion for food? Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause people will look at that and think you're a chef, dude. I'm telling you right now. And I'm not. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But it looks like it. Fake it till you make it, bro. Cause <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah, man. So, um, honestly, j- just hunting in itself, man. So, so like I said, I got gone to hunting later on in my life when I was 26. And, uh, with me and the way I was raised, man, I'm not going to shoot anything I'm not going to eat, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, Whatever I brought home, I started cooking it up myself, and it wasn't good man. in the beginning. You know, it wasn't good. So I started talking to my mom, and she started guiding me through these different spices and stuff we do have in Pakistan. So you know, people who are not familiar, Indian Pakistan, man, it's just a land of spices, right? So we have a lot of different actually empires that took over India and Pakistan, and they left their their culinary, you know, um, foods and stuff. Influence, influence, yeah, yeah culinary influence. So, you know, it started off with like the Persian Empire that brought their food in. It was taken over by the Mughal Empire, right? And then that was taken over the British. And then um, actually when the British left, that's when um, all the royal foods that were served to like the kings and stuff, um, all the chefs, they were, they were left jobless, right? Because there was no kings and queens. So those guys needed a job. And um, that's when food from the royal table actually became common. And, you know, it became... Um, available to the common man. So we have a lot of different spices and stuff that we use and started integrating all the spices that my mom used. She learned from her mom and just started um, taking the American traditional barbecue and mixing it with uh, the Pakistani spices. So what I do a lot of right now is, just, you know, like if I smoke a brisket, traditionally smoked brisket, but the spices on it are more Pakistani. You know, so I get a fusion of those mm-hmm. two, you know, Indian and American barbecue and mix them up together and just... Uh, People love it, man. People love it because, you know, after a while you get tired of just the same foods and adding a little twist to right. it, I think it just, you know, brings it all out. And and, and I love it, bros. I, I love food. When I'm happy, I eat. When I'm sad, I eat. When I'm depressed, I eat. When I'm celebration, I eat. I eat all the time. I love it, man. So it's a huge part of who I am and it's a huge part of my culture. And I love just keeping my culture alive through that also, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you're pretty handy with a camera too. <laughs> I like taking pictures, man. I love, you know, making memories. Yeah. 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 I'm going to tell you, you guys like at, at some point here, go to GMAS, G M A S one Oh one on Instagram. And you will see what I'm talking about. What I like about it is you can tell 
like if you scroll down through your feed, mm-hmm. right, you can tell, okay, it's hunting season, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, then, okay, the pictures of the hunts are kind of starting. And we're transitioning to food, mm-hmm. right? So that's the off season. Yeah. And now, all right, we're getting back into hunting <laughs> like we're getting into it. But the one constant thing mm-hmm. is the family and your kids that are in there with you. And I just, I love that about it, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, dude. So, like, with, with, with the camera, man, I love taking pictures that kind of tell a story. You know what I mean? So, like, like, yeah. like I talked about earlier when I got into photography was – when I went out to the march for the first time, just seeing all the amazing things, and I'm like, man, people have to experience this. You know what I mean? But not everybody's going to get up, you know, at 2 a.m. and walk through cold waters and dip in a couple of times before they get to the blind. No one's going to do that. But the stuff they miss out on, man, I wanted to capture just moments and show my friends. And that's kind of what led into photography, you know, just capturing just moments and just you see so much amazing stuff out there, man. Like, you know, you know, you're a hunter, man. It's like, and I love capturing those moments and just preserving it for being passed on to my kids. And, you know, they can see it when they get older and what I used to do and then pass that passion on to them. And now I have, you know, my, my older son running out with a camera and he's taking pictures for everything of when I'm cooking, he takes pictures of it. And, you know, so I, I love it, man. Just passing that, my passion that I have, of you know, God, family, food, and just my heritage into my kids man I, I love that and that's kind of what you're talking about well it's actually showing on my page you know yeah yeah and i tell you what too um something that i don't want to miss saying is like you're a really talented writer too like a lot of people just scroll through and oh like 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 no take the time and read the caption because mm-hmm. you're a very talented writer too thanks man yeah um I just like to describe what I'm feeling in the moment, man, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and just, just bringing that picture to life, you know, and I think yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, pictures speaks for itself, but if you can actually, you know, picture, if someone looks at a picture, they can interpret whatever they want in their mind, you know, but I want them to know what I was feeling in that moment. I think it just goes hand in hand. It's, it's a bigger picture of everything that's right. going on, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Talk to me about, uh, let's change gears. So talk to me about what you're building your own faith, making your faith your own. Uh-huh. What does that, what did that look like? Cause I, I've got, I've had a lot of guys on that talk about, you know, yeah, I grew up in church. Like I've, I've never known anything else, but they always had like, but here's where I really owned my faith. like. Mm-hmm. this date and time or this event um talk us through because uh, dude i just i can't even imagine um being a christian in a 98 percent muslim country mm-hmm. um persecution is one thing but like bro when you make that declaration of faith yeah you're like better have your head on a swivel. Oh yeah. Like most Christians here do not understand what it's like to go to church mm-hmm. and be worried about somebody coming in strapped with a suicide vest and wanting to blow everything up or, you know, come in and just kill everybody. Right. I, um, I don't know what that's like. Talk to me about your faith and how you really came to know Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, so I grew up in a Christian family. Right. Um, even though it was in Pakistan, it was still 
a really tight Christian family. And, um, you know, parents still go to church every Sunday, have, you know, a prayer meeting at our house. Um, so we had a lot of that growing up. And then my faith or my Jesus was whatever my parents taught me, right? Whoever told me what Jesus was, whoever, you know, they said, this is the stories that he did. This is what you need to believe in. That's what my faith was. But it wasn't really real to me until it converted into my faith, you know, until I started understanding who Jesus was for myself. And I think that didn't really happen until I got a little older and I started understanding and really looking into also the persecution, like why would someone want to kill me for my faith? And why would someone be so willing to die for that faith? You know what I mean? At that, at that yes. point in my life, my faith was just what parents believed, you know? And um, what led me and grew me more into my faith was just learning about Jesus, who he was, you know, and what he did and why he died on the cross. And it was not about religion. It was not about following a set of rules, but it was more about the relationship that he wanted with you. And then until their relationship became real to me and I, and I formed their relationship with Jesus, my faith actually grew in that moment, you know? And then um, growing up, just having the personal relationship with Jesus was awesome. Um, but I think what was my next step was is learning Jesus from outside of the Bible, right? I think that that was huge. Um, I always say that, you know, sometimes a lot of people talk about, hey, man, um, I should have been born in this time. I should have been born in this time. And I'm like, dude, there's a reason why you're born in this time and this era, you know? 50 years ago in America, if you told somebody, this is what the Bible says, you know, they're going to take your word for it. Like, okay, man, I believe you. Nowadays, people are going to be like, I don't care what the Bible says. Who cares what the Bible says? You know what I mean? I want to know the truth, you know? And they're going to pull out their phone. They're going to Google everything. And going, uh, you know, working in a, um, a medical field where a lot of the guys are atheists, man, right? A lot of the doctors, you know, they put their faith on themselves rather than the higher power, or to put their faith in science, right? And um, for me, talking to them, you know, where did Jesus say he is God? Oh, the Bible says this. I don't believe the Bible. So how you engage in that person, and that led me on to a journey of learning Jesus, the historical part of who Jesus was. You know, was there really a person named Jesus Christ born in that time in Bethlehem, in that era, who lived a life the way he said he did, and we persecuted for it? And when the answer was yes, and looking back in the Old Testament with their prophecies 700 years prior to that, boom, like, wow. You know what I mean? And that's not from the Bible. That's outside of the Bible, right? And that that just made my faith grow so much more stronger. So now I love engaging with people who, like, don't just throw Jesus off as a mystical figure. And I'm like, no, dude, there's actually history books that talk about Jesus being persecuted on Pontius Pilate. You know, who's actually crucified on the cross. And there's so many evidence that no one ever survived the crucifixion, right? So just going through all that made my faith so much more stronger. And then when it did, that's when it really clicked to me. How are people in Pakistan? Why are they so willing to go to a church with a guy trying to protect you with the AK-47 starting outside? You know, why are you want to go into a church where you don't even know if you're going to survive or not? You don't even know if, like, while you're worshiping, a suicide bomb is going to come in and blow themselves up, right? It didn't make no sense to me until my personal relation got so much more strong with God, right? And I think um, being in that environment and 
saying you're a Christian holds so much more weight than it does in America, right? I feel like in America, it's like anybody who's born in a Christian home, they're a Christian. But being a Christian in Pakistan, it holds so much more value, so much more weight where you're basically, like you said, your head's on swivel because you're basically giving up your life. And that's what Christianity is, is giving up your life for Christ, right? And I, and I yes. think like it's, mm. it's really profound in Pakistan in a place where you're really persecuted for your faith. And I, Man, dude, that's as you were saying mm-hmm. that, I'm thinking of Jesus saying, he who will find his life will lose yeah. it. But he who will lose his life for my sake we'll find will it. find it. Yeah. And and that's that's Dude. what it is. Pakistan, man. Just the persecution out there is so freaking real. But like in order for you to be a Christian, man, you gotta give up your life. You know, and I think that's what Christianity is, like what you said. That's the basis of Christianity. And I think a lot of people have a hard time, especially in America, when life is so comfortable. You know what I mean? Oh dude. you know, it yeah. was you know I think the longest the devil can keep you in the comfort zone, you're not gonna want to grow, you know. And, and until you're until the feathers get roughed up a little bit, you're not gonna want to grow. You're not gonna. You're in comfort zone. Why would you want to read the Bible? You know. Why would you want to? You know what I mean? Do, do you understand what I'm saying, Joey? From like, you yeah. know, like a, you being a an oh, American dude. Christian, you know, you can tell me tell me about that, man. Like, are you in your comfort zone when you go to church? That's our safe zone, right? Going to church is like you know, your yeah. safe zone. That's what we do on Sundays. That's you know the last thing you think about is going to church and, yeah. and dying for your faith. You know, no, no, you're you're right, and that's why I said that. Um, the last thing we think about when we walk through those doors is, hey, uh, that dude over there, like we need to watch him. Or and now I say that we just had another church shooting in Alabama, right? Um, but. No, you're right. Like we have, we want everything comfortable and in place Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. We don't like, Hey man, don't, don't jack with my, you know, my music or don't, don't like, I have things, I have everything the way I want it. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with that. Mm -hmm. And the problem is Jesus will come in and flip all of that stuff upside down. Exactly. Um, he will flip that upside down. And unless, look, man, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter, mm-hmm. right? In John 15, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to send you a comforter. He doesn't send us a comforter because we are supposed to be comfortable. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, you know what <laughs> right, I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. why would you do that yeah. if the whole point is to be, you know, lukewarm and loving it, just like the church in Laodicea, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we're, we're, I think that's, it's the funny thing about Revelation, the first few chapters, mm-hmm. um, as he's describing the issues that he was having with the church mm-hmm. in uh, in Philadelphia and the church in Sardis and the church in Laodicea, and that's a, that is that's a picture of what um, the church, the body in Christ, the body of Christ, not the building right. the church, um, but that is a picture of the the transition of the church to where I think, you know, as we get to like, we, we're Laodicea, yeah. like we're, we're lukewarm. Like, Hey man, you got your religion. I got mine. Like, that's cool. You got, no man, it's, yeah. it's not cool. Yeah. Um, there are millions of people that are going to go to a burning Christless yeah. eternity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
um, because they just, uh, well, you know, I really don't want to witness to that, that guy or, you know, yeah, it's, that's great. You know, I'm going to go to church and punch my card. And do you know who Jesus is? Yes right. or no. And what I mean, not like historically, well, yeah, you know, I believe in him. No. Do you believe right. on him? Mm-hmm. Is he the object of your right. faith or do you feel like, no, I still need to go do these things and, and I still have my religious rituals and sacred traditions mm-hmm. and, um, do the end of the day, that means nothing, right. right? nothing. What did, what did he say? There's going to be many in that day that call me Lord, Lord. Lord and I'm going to say, depart from me. Never I never knew you. knew you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Wait, dude, we're doing all these things in your name. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're healing sick and we're, you know, mm-hmm. feeding the poor and feeding the hungry and building houses for them and, mm-hmm. you know, doing random acts of kindness. Like we buy him coffee, like we're in line and uh, I'll, I'll pay for the guy behind me or whatever. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I never knew you. Right. Right. And, and it's, it's so awesome though, because like all stuff we're talking about is works. You know what I mean? It's all works. Yeah. I mean, you know, the old Testament to the new Testament is no, no one could do it. No one could fulfill those laws that God had in place. You know what I mean? And and, and yeah. I, I believe it's a, Christianity is the only religion, man, where like God is up here, man is down here. Every religion, everybody's trying to get up to God, right? Christianity is the only religion where God came down to take you up. Yeah. You know? And that that's amazing, man. It's tested apart and like, and that's where it becomes a personal relationship. And as soon as it becomes a personal relationship, that's when God touches your heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And before that, dude, yeah. it just, you're just going through rituals. It doesn't mean nothing, right? You know what? Christianity is the only, um, Christianity is the only, I'll say, deny, even though it's not a denomination, but Christianity is the only thing that, that, that focuses on unity mm-hmm. with God. Like you read in John, um, 16 where he's talking about i'm the i'm the vine the you're the branch mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean you aside from me you can do nothing, nothing. Yeah. matter of fact he even says like i'm not calling you uh, i'm calling you friends now right right like uh, i'm not the master mm-hmm. anymore you know, like uh, we're we're friends it's the only religion where unity is unity with deity right. is the the only focus mm-hmm. the only focus mm-hmm. i mean the law was given to prove mm-hmm. that you needed a a savior a messiah right. Right. which is very similar to your last name by the way <laughs> it is messiah, it is but well, right? well, you know everybody uh, boxes as a christian most of the last of it is to to you know essentially you are christian is messiah yeah 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 i thought yeah. that was cool. <laughs> um but yeah, it's the only one where unity mm-hmm. with God through Christ, mm-hmm. that's it. Everything else is a works-based, yeah. um, dude, I mean, everything else is probation. Christianity is the only thing that gives you salvation. Right. Everything else is probation. Right. right. And I think once I figured that out, uh, that's what I figured out. That's, you know, mm-hmm. I needed it. And, um, you know, I've been kind of helping lead study since, uh, since pastor Greg went home to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
it's it's funny, man. Like you can read something to read it, right? Uh, but when you read something because you have to teach it, like you really have a much deeper understanding. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Because man, what like what if somebody asked me a question? <laughs> like, you know, what I'm talking exactly. About? <laughs> You're on the spot, man. Like, man. <laughs> like, uh, are there any questions? No, good. Let's pray and get out of here. Um, but I was um, like, I talked to you yeah. about that. Like, and I was just like, man, I don't, cause you've heard pastor Greg, I've oh, sent that, you a bunch of amazing, stuff from pastor Greg. That, yeah. Oh dude. And like for our, our small church family to go, I really, we really want you to, um, not take over cause nobody takes over for Greg, but, um, we really want you to start leading study on Sundays. And I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, <laughs> I can't, man. Um, but you encouraged me, and so I did. Um, you, you know what the funny the funny thing about so, is when you first asked me to do a identity project, I was like, "Me? I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not qualified." And you're like, "That's exactly why I need yeah. you to do it." And I, I said those same words to you. Yeah. When when Pastor, you right? <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, you did, man. Yeah. You just you flipped the <laughs> tables around on me, man. Yeah, man. You use my own. Uh, <laughs> you use my own logic yeah, against me. Yeah. But you know what, man, that, um, our project identity, I'm glad you mm -hmm. said that because like with you being Pakistani, mm -hmm. like with Ronnie being mm -hmm. Asian, like with some of the guys that are, um, that are African American that I, that I see mm -hmm. hunting now it's, and we were just talking about right. unity, right? So, um, I, I think that while we all look different and while we we definitely come from different backgrounds and we 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 look different like our families look different um from a earthly perspective the one common thread the one identity that we share is waterfall right. hunting um from a spiritual perspective like our our identity is in christ yep, yep. um it, you know we we go on all these different tangents about where we're from and how we hunt and how, you know, we got these birds and, Oh, well, we do it like this. We do it like that. Mm -hmm. Um, we have all these different things that we do, but for guys like you mm -hmm. and I, and a lot of guys that I've had on the podcast, um, one day that's, that stuff is just gonna, it's, it's gonna fade away like right. a vapor. And the one thing that we will be seen as, as either we are righteous through mm -hmm. Christ or we are not, or, 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 or right. we're guilty. Right. We're mm -hmm. guilty. Um, and there's no, there's no like splitting hairs or, well, I was, you know, it, I was a deacon or I was, right. it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. One day we are all going to stop breathing mm -hmm. and reach room temperature. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I speak at, at different places, like when we do wild game dinners and mm -hmm. things like that, like I'll give them the gospel yeah. in two minutes. So I'm going to bring you right. to a crossroad and I'm going to give you the gospel right. in two minutes. And you need to decide whether you believe that or you don't right. believe that. Uh, because how you answer that question, there's a lot riding on it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, man. What's um? So, so, so yeah, I, mean, I, I like what you said. Was um, 
the common denominator that brought us together what was Christ. You know what I mean? And then the thing is, me yeah. being Pakistani, 5'10", and you, you know, dark hair, dark skin, you being, you know, 6'3", and big old beard, and we would have never got together, bro, if, if it wasn't for, you know, yeah. if it wasn't for Christ and the plan that he had for us. You know what I mean? And, and, and I love what, what Christianity is, is, um, is diversity and unity. You know what I mean? And it says, you know, it's a bunch of different diversity, but we're all united through, through Christ. And, and, and I love that because all that stuff goes out the door. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, any kind of racism, any yeah. kind of like anything you can think of all goes out and we're just God's children. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I love yeah. that. I, I love that about it. And just, just kind of what you're talking about, man. Even we're out hunting is, you know, two fox hunting guys, you know, a big old white guy and an Asian guy, dude. Yeah. Like, who who does that? But we're able to, especially nowadays, man. It's like right now people are so separated with it, whether it's like through wealth, like all the rich people hang out. You know what I mean? You're either like well, political yeah. value, whatever party you believe in, they all hang out together. You know what I mean? Right. If your your occupation, your doctors right. hang out together, the lawyers hang out together. Everybody's so you know exclusive to themselves and they're in the particular group that they identify with. But what brings like all that together, like for us, for instance, is, is that the one bond that we all have is Christ. You know what I mean? And I think we really right. need that in, in this time and this age. And, um, and I honestly think that's what God has us living in this time and this era, you know, to bring glory through his, to his name through those avenues. You know what I mean? So the different diversities we do have, yeah. you know what I mean? Because someone can relate to somebody in a different way and, you know, bring it all together through Christ. And I, I love that, bro. That's Christianity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You said something um, like 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. You could, if somebody wasn't a believer, mm-hmm. um, you could take them through scripture and go, no, like here, like the the word believe is used in the book of John 98 times. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, he gives you a purpose clause says, I'm writing these things so that you can believe Mm -hmm. that, that Jesus is the Messiah, the savior of the world Mm -hmm. and in believing have everlasting. Like you could take somebody through the book and Mm -hmm. say, and, and, and be effective. Yeah. I don't think, and you said it, uh, I don't think that's enough anymore. I think Mm -mm. people, it's not, um, I, I think- no, I, I, th- I, I, I don't think that people even like you have to go back and take and take a few steps backwards just to mm-hmm. prove that the prophecies in script, all prophecies regarding Jesus to be filled like you have a higher chance of gravity failing wow. than yeah. than the uh, than all of those prophecies being fulfilled. Right. Like right. all those prophecies, if one of them fails, they all fail. And you have a higher chance of gravity failing wow. than Jesus not being who he is. Wow. wow. And, and, and the thing is, there's so many facts out there. Kind of like what you talked about, the prophecies coming together. People still don't believe. And, and you know, and the, it's, it's hard to understand that. But, but I think what happened, even if you go back to the beginning of time, people wanted the independency. You know, just with Adam and Eve, you know, how, how they separated from God, right? And almost became like their own God. And I see that a lot of now, like, especially in California. Now we have, I'm not sure what it's called, but like in Hollywood, what they do is they take 
a bit and part of each religion that they like. So they take part of Islam, part of Christianity, Hinduism, Judaism. They take it all together and put it, you know, into one religion. And if you look at it, when the religion, all the stuff that is done and put together, the religion that they have is exactly who the person is. It's exactly identification of who they are. And at that point, you become a god to yourself, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's hard for people, even all the, they have the facts and everything in place of Christianity and who Jesus was, they have a hard time submitting themselves to under God, to another authority, because everybody wants to be God to themselves. And that's what it comes down yeah. to, you know? Yeah. You, you know what I see is that God isn't the issue. No, because yeah. whatever your God is to you, that's mm-hmm. fine. Whatever mm-hmm. my God is to me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If this water bottle, if I want to say that's God, that's that's fine. But, then, mm-hmm. but Jesus, on the other hand, mm-hmm. that's the problem. That's yeah. you. You can't you can't pray in the name of Jesus anymore because, like the the Catholics, their latest catechism said, well, Muslims are saved just like Catholics. Their their God is the same God. I'm like. Well, if I'm a Catholic, I'm pretty pissed off now because I I got to do all of these things. And Muslim, they don't, you know, Islam, they don't have to. Well, why don't I just convert to Islam then if it's the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I'm a Catholic, I'm bent out of shape, bro, because <laughs> yeah. I got to do all these things on Saturday and Wednesday. And I, I right. got to, you know, I got to go confess and I got to do, yeah. gotta do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, but that's the issue. Like it is, yeah. your God can be whatever it wants, whatever mm-hmm. you want. My mm-hmm. God can be whatever I want it to be. Mm-hmm. But the real issue is Jesus. And if he is who he said he is, mm-hmm. and he was, mm-hmm. um, then that changes the whole game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That changes the whole game. Right. Mm-hmm. Because everything now that has a starting date like this, I mean, Christ is eternal, mm-hmm. right? Christianity is e- eternal. Christianity and God will be my our Savior, right? Mm-hmm. That is eternal. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you can trace it back to a starting date. If you can trace it back to a date when it started, mm-hmm. might want to look at it a little bit closer. Exactly. You know? Right. Exactly. So... Yeah, it's funny. It's funny know. you bring up uh, Catholicism. I was talking to one of my buddies yesterday, who was a Catholic, and I'm not sure if his views in particular um, are what all the general Catholics believe. But he was talking about um, that a father is able, or a pastor, father, he's able to forgive your sins. And I'm like, what? And he he, point, mm-hmm. he pointed me to a scripture that says, you know, just as Jesus forgave your sins forgive each other's sins, right? And whatever we bound on heaven, we bound on heaven, and we bound on earth. And I was like, bro, so you're telling me humans are sinful, right? They're going to continue to commit sin. So you only ask a human, infallible human being who's continuing to commit sin, ask him for forgiveness of my sins? Like, that's right. that's the attribute of God. Why would right. God give the attribute to a human? Like, I'm like, I don't know. Bro. Well, and if, if he would... <laughs> If he would, yeah. like Paul said, then Jesus died for nothing. Exactly. That's, that's if, if, if this guy with his collar turned around backwards can <laughs> forgive my sin, right. then and then and then so what do you do with then behold the Lamb of God that takes it's away sin. the sin, not the sins, mm-hmm. sin, the whole thing right. takes away the sin of the see. Yeah. 
if if you're a follower of Christ, sin is not the issue anymore. Right, exactly. Because he took that away as far as the east is from the west. Right. Right? right. No, your your issue is are you in Christ or are you not in Christ? Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's issue. That's the issue, right. And that's just and I think religion has a hard time with that because now if I know that, oh, I don't have to go confess. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do these works. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Man, that's bad for business. Why did they kill Jesus in the first place? Bad for business. Right, right. Yeah. Good, good point, man. <laughs> we can't have this Jesus guy going around here and like, tell, you mm-hmm. know, man, he might run everybody out of the temple and all of a sudden we have to get real jobs. <laughs> exact same thing that was going on back in the day, man. Uh, that's yeah, right, right, man. What does Ezekiel say? There's nothing new under the right, sun. Right, And then another thing I don't understand is like, they believe in the Bible, but they just, that's not the final word of God. Whatever the Pope says, that's also holds equivalent value to the biblical text. And I'm like, bro, like, I don't even know what to say to that, man. <laughs> there's, there's no way mm-hmm. you can go from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, well, let me back up. There's no way you can go through the book of Romans. Yeah. And come out a Jehovah's Witness or a Calvinist mm-hmm. or a Catholic or a whatever. Right. Um, I mean, Paul lays waste to all of that. Yeah. There's no way you can go through the book of Romans. Forget the, the rest, rest of the book. Right. Yeah. There's no way you can come through the book of Romans and go, ah, I think I'm, I think I'm a whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, I, you know, in the end, I'm always just trying to put my finger on, like, I know guys that aren't believers, mm-hmm. um, and maybe they think I'm weird. Maybe I am weird. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm just always trying to figure out, like, man, what is it? Like, what's your barrier to entry, bro? Like, right. is it you're scared of change? You think that, you know, you gotta, you're got you a sissy? Do you think... Um, it, you know, I don't want anybody jacking with like, I'm comfortable now. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm always, that's really kind of the point of our, our ministry is to show that, look, man, you like to shoot ducks and geese. We like to shoot ducks and geese. We're exactly the same, right. except for a couple of minor details. Yeah. Right. And, and I think, bro, it goes back to just being comfortable, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're in Pakistan yeah. and you're going to get your head blown off, you better, be strong in what you believe in, man. You better be sure about that. And, and, and I honestly think yeah. we really don't have that in America. So, so like, puts us in a lukewarm kind of state, I feel like, you know? Right. Well, and so I'm glad you said that because um, I read a book. You may want to, you can read it online. It's called Fox's Book of Martyrs. Okay. And it's all about the first century Christians. Like, we think, you know, we think we understand what persecution is, mm-hmm. dude. Um, read what some of the first century Christians went through, like uh, with the Minotan and Nero. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Wow. And so, if this were if this were made up, mm-hmm. right? If this is just a big hoax, mm-hmm. um, are you telling me that people will will readily die 
for a hoax. I mean, exactly. Uh, like, dude, it doesn't like you were talking about in Pakistan. Like, okay, I'm I'm going to worship. Um, I might not be coming home. Right. You telling me that's that's so all of these people have been been duped for two thousand years now. Exactly. And, um, and it all goes back to the disciples, also, man. Did the disciples really see the risen Lord? Right. You yeah. you know, and five hundred people also who also witnessed risen Lord. You think not at least one at of them? Once. Yeah, once, right? Yeah, and you think not any of them would have been like, "Hey, dude, you know what? I'm not gonna die for this, dude," because you know we're all joking about it. Not one of them. Yeah. Most of them died a martyr's life. You know what I mean? If someone's willing yeah. to give up their own life, it's like, dude, they really did see something, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, if people were willing to do that, hey, bro, like, take a shot and learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go through this thing ignorant. Right. Um, you know, get give it a shot. Learn a little bit. I mean, the historical fact that Jesus rose from the grave is a historical fact. Right. Um, and so, but I mean, the other, the other part to that, like I used to get really frustrated when I witnessed to people and they would be like, oh yeah, it's good. See you later. I'm like, (laughs) are you stupid? Um, and, and you know, it wasn't until a buddy of mine who was a pastor, he's like, man, you got to let go of that. It's called leading them to Christ. What they do with them when they get Mm -hmm. there, that's, that's not yours to carry, dude. Dude, the path is narrow, man. I actually get really frustrated like that too. You know, I'm like, you know, some people's eyes are just shut, and then our yeah. our job is just to plant that seed and to love them. You know, and it's a Holy Spirit job yeah. to give them that conviction. You know, in order to bring out that conversion. You know, so so yeah. so, 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 um, so Joey, let me ask you, bro. Um, yeah, we're talking about persecution in Pakistan and worship in America. You know, I personally feel like the way we're headed now. This country's headed, the direction is headed, and um, everything that's coming out of the waters, and you know, you, you know where I'm getting at, right? And, and mm-hmm. the church is going to get persecuted. What What are your thoughts on that, man? Um, first of all, I think that it's good news because it's happened exactly the way our Lord said it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He told us this was going to happen, mm-hmm. um, and. I think the good news is that believers are out of here in the rapture of the church before things get really cranked up. Right. Um, how bad is that going to be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, but I know that uh, Jesus said that he was going to prepare a place for me. Mm-hmm. And if he's going to prepare a place for me, that he'll come back for me mm-hmm. and that he's never going to leave me or forsake me. Right. Um, and yeah, do I think that the the church, i.e. the body of Christ, mm-hmm. is going to be persecuted? Of course I do. Yeah. Um, Jesus said, like, if they hate you, it's because they hated me first. Right. 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 Um, and so... Yeah, I think it's happening now. I think we don't have a lot of time left. I think we're getting pretty close to the end of the act, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just because, like, I know that you study Revelation a lot. I do too. And I think that Daniel, the book of Daniel and Revelation go hand in hand. They talk about the 70th week. I think that we're pretty close to that now. Yeah. Um, when you look at 
uh, nationalism, i.e. racism. It's, 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 it's everywhere, whether it's, it's actually real in a particular incident or not. Mm -hmm. Everything is about race now, right? Everything. Mm -hmm. Um, well, scripture talks about that. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about, uh, wars and rumor of wars. Hello. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all over. Mm -hmm. Um, they talk about earthquakes. There's more earthquakes now than there ever has been at any point in history. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's all pointing in one direction, but it's, it's good news. It's good news. Yeah. It's good news. And how, how do you think just in particular with America, man? Cause I see for instance, pro-life man, right? Just, a, just, just an issue on that and kind of where we're headed and where you put, pick your stance is really going to get you persecuted for what you believe in. You know what I mean? Just, just, yeah. just that one topic in itself, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're having debates about whether a unborn child can be allowed to live inside of its mother's womb. Now, I don't think that, um, our purpose is not to end poverty. Our purpose is not to end hunger. Our purpose is not to end abortion. Our purpose is to get people into the ark of Christ. Right. right? And then everything else takes care of itself. You know, if, if all of the, if, if we had all the doctors that were once performing abortions were believers, mm -hmm. guess what? That they wouldn't. And if we had the unwed mothers that, are having abortions were believers. Guess what? We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have sex outside of marriage and we wouldn't have the things that it, it all, as I said before, it all goes back to Jesus. Jesus is the issue mm -hmm. and you either know him mm -hmm. or you do not know right. him. And when you do not know him, look, he, he said, you'll know him by their fruits. And he also said, and John, we we're talking about the vine and the branches you know, the branch that, that doesn't produce fruit, it gets cut oh, off. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can, we can spin up all kind of different scenarios, but it all points back to the same issue. And that is people need to know Christ. Right. Um, and that it, is it, Jesus said, you know, the poor you'll have with you mm -hmm. always. This isn't, he wasn't a social justice right. warrior. And I think we have way too many social justice warriors that are focused on the here and now when we ought to be focused on who's coming back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who's coming back and what side are you going to be on when he gets right. here? Right. It's my two cents. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. I was just saying like in particular, I think the church is, um, <clears throat> there's a starting of the persecution. I think it's already coming because soon as you pick side of, let's say, against, like, you know, pro-life, you're, you're already sticking out with, like, a sore thumb, you know what I mean? And the persecutions that we did get in box on, I feel like are, are going to start trickling in America, too, just because if you're really strong in your faith and you hold your faith, people are going to start, you know what I mean, hating you for that, you know? And I, yeah. and I think America is about to get persecuted. The church itself is going to get persecuted that I've never experienced before in America. And, you know, I just feel like, we need to be strong in our faith, especially in the in the time that's coming, you know, and be and have. And I, have I feel like 
yeah, I feel like uh, in a lot of cases, the church is persecuting itself. Yeah. Um, because we're not focused on unity. Like we're focused on what kind of music and what's the color of the drapes. And, oh, these guys say you need to be, uh, you can be sprinkle baptized. And these got like, we're arguing about the wrong things. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're talking about things that, that don't matter. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking to people like, um, I know a lot of people that their way of witnessing to people is bring them to church, put them in a seat and let the pastor do it. Yeah. Let the pastor talk to, they couldn't defend their faith if their life depended on it. Right. And it's because most quote unquote Christians mm-hmm. have never read the book. Yeah. Have never read the book. Yeah. They know what somebody's told them. They know what their mom or daddy has told them. Um, they go to mass on Saturday or church on Sunday or whatever, check their card, punch their card and they're good to go. Right. Right. They had, they, they have no idea what the book even says. Right. Um, and that's a problem. It is. definitely. That's a problem. Definitely. Yeah. And, and the thing that's where kind of like your ministry comes into place, right? It's like you're taking people out there. And it's not necessarily, you know, like, like you said earlier, church is not a building, Right. Right. So, so even even for me, like I can invite somebody to church, or I can invite a duck hunting, and ten, you know, nine times out of ten, don't want to rather go duck hunting, you know. But when you're out there, that's my church, bro. That's where I'm able to like point to the stars. And, hey, bro, look at that. That's amazing. All the different stars, different planets. Like, do you feel like they just came into place because something just blew up, or do you think there's a master mind behind it who spoke and brought them into existence? You know. And I think people really right. open up in that. You know what I mean? I feel like your ministry is in this time and this place for the particular reasons. You know what I mean? And where, where do you feel the mission of your ministry is being in this time and this era? Like, how are you showing the love of Christ? You know? Yeah. So um, with Revelation Outdoors in particular, mm-hmm. um, we... I have always been a very staunch believer that creation shows you everything that you need to know that number one, there is a creator. And if there's a creator and there's a creation, then, then, then maybe I need to look into this a little bit more. So I've never been one to just, you know, beat people in the head with a Bible right. and say, Jesus is the way turn or burn. Right. right. Um, but like you've said it twice now mm-hmm. in this podcast, you've, you've talked about the stars that you see when you go and you hunt and you look at all that and you're like, wow, how does a God that put all that into place know or care that I'm even standing here at the foot of this tree right now? Right. 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 Um, Psalm 8, 3 and 4 says, (laughs) word for word, when I consider the works of thy fingers, Mm -hmm. the moon and stars, which you've put in place, Mm -hmm. what is man that you even care for? Right. Right. That's, that's the, that, you know, you'll hunt with people sometimes that will say, like when they see just a gorgeous sunset come up. Right. Or when we're on the boat fishing, like we're out in the Gulf fishing and the sun's starting to peak up over the horizon, you're like, wow, man, how can you look at that and say, there's no God. Right. And I'm like, well, you read Romans one twenty, mm-hmm. Um, it says you mm-hmm. can't, mm-hmm. 
because you see that and you know you have you have everything in front of you that you need to know that that was created by a by creator. creator and if it was created by a creator then there's a creation yeah. and creation sings his glory oh, yeah. every every yeah. morning yeah. um and so that for me like i'm not that smart of a guy dude like i i saw those things in the swamp and i'm like okay uh and some other things were happening in my life where i was finally starting to go to pastor greg right. and you know, I learned about relationship over religion and I learned the difference between salvation and probation. Mm -hmm. And one gives you temporary life. The other is, is eternal life and things that are temporary aren't eternal. Like there's a difference. Things that are different aren't the same. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I see those things play out in nature and I'm like, God's been in front of me the whole time. Right. Um, but I had to learn that on my own. Right. 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 I I had to do the research and I had to believe for myself. I couldn't believe because my parents believed or I couldn't believe because my wife believed. I exactly. had to believe on my exactly. own. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what we that's that's what it but you know what? That's what we try to do, but we also try to show that man, we're we're no different than anybody else. Yeah. Sure. You know, I didn't I didn't give anything mm -hmm. up. I, 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 you know, I'm like, uh, I'm not this obedient church mouse, you know, dutiful, boring, bored guy. I, I love my life. Right. I just happen to love Jesus more than I love my life. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I do think that the, uh, we saw it during COVID. I thought that was awfully convenient to say that people can't worship. You can't, you can't gather, you can't. Um, I thought that was awfully convenient and, uh, yeah, man, I think we're heading to a place where it's, it's the heat's going to get turned up on the church. You can't say Jesus anymore. I mean, in certain parts of the world, like London, if, or, or the UK, if you witness to somebody that's hate speech. It is. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's hate speech. <laughs> right. So it's coming, but, um, let not your heart be troubled, bro. Yeah. Because. Our king said it was going to be that way. Mm -hmm. um, he's coming back, and in the end, we win. Yeah, man. Um, so. I think anybody in the Bible that you look at, man, didn't have a good life, right? In a sense of like, no, right? I don't think I'm any, I'm, I'm any special no. than any any of them to you know expect anything different. No, I mean uh, prophets. They killed the prophets. Mm -hmm. Jesus is like they crucified me. What do you think they'll do to you? And that, <laughs> and you know what? That's that's the other thing is that there were people that were walking with the resurrected Christ that turned and left him. Yeah, that didn't believe in him. Yeah. So that's you know like when I witness to people and they just don't, you know, they don't engage and you know they just don't eh, you know whatever that's not for me. Yeah. All right, man. I love you, bro. Yeah. But that's why I'm telling, like, if I had the cure, if you had cancer mm -hmm. and I had the cure in this body, I said, if you drink this, mm -hmm. you will be cured of cancer. Um, Like, what kind of love would that be if I didn't share that with you? Just the fact that I care enough to share that with you. Right. That's, that's the love of Christ, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But if I had the cure for cancer and I kept that to myself, 
you, you know, that's what, what kind of love is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not love at all. Right. So right. I don't know, man, we're in a weird, uh, we're in a, a weird, scary time, mm-hmm. but you know, Jesus said that it was coming. He said it was coming. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's good news mm-hmm. because yeah. I know that that's, we're closer to being with him in glory. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Man. Ducks every day, dude. <laughs> exactly. Maybe when you shoot them, they'll be plucked by the time they hit the floor <laughs> and cooked. <laughs> dude, brisket, brisket's on the Traeger every day. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. What, um, hey, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you what, um, talk about some of the, the, the companies or the brands you're representing. Cause I, I know you've like, you work with a lot of different people, um, for photos and content and things like that. Right. Give them a shout out. Yeah, man. So, um, talking, man, I, I work with Traeger. Traeger is, uh, I love that thing, bro. And, 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 and you know, you, yeah, you know, dude. bro, it, it can make a regular old guy into a chef, man, the convenience of it. And just yeah. such a technology to have, man. Now it's like they have an app, dude, yeah. and you can look at what you want to cook. It sends it straight from your phone to your grill. You know, I mean, you can monitor everything on your phone, and then just go out and take it out. It, 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 Traeger is amazing. Um, I start, I start, yeah. I started doing cooking classes with Traeger, so I did a couple of classes with them. So you know, I, I love doing that. Cooking's like a big passion of mine. You know, so Tra- Traeger is one of my big sponsors. Um, I love how they support me in you know cooking and letting me be myself and add my heritage and all my spices into my cooking. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, that's so cool. Man. Yeah, um, Snake River Farms, man. It's, it's another uh, American wagyu. Um, ama- mm-hmm. Amazing steaks, man. I'm telling, I'm telling you, bro. Like you, you gotta try them. Their um, their meat's amazing. So you know, it, it just fuels my passion, bro. They they send me boxes of meat. Top of you know, dude. I can't even describe how good this meat is. Um, they're they're a big sponsor of mine. You know, in the sense of food and stuff, and I, I love that company. Um. Kent Cartridge. Um, I love shooting ducks, man. <laughs> right? You can't shoot. You can't. You can't shoot yeah. ducks unless you have a good good ammo. So uh, I love Kent Cartridge. I had it out in um, duck blind with me last year when I was hunting with you. Um, I, I'm not sure if you got to try them or not, man. But they're bismuth, man. That stuff hits hard, bro. You know. Yeah. And um, going to all these. Pl- oh, it hits like a train, yeah. dude. Because I I saw you crush a couple of them that were out. Yeah, there. yeah. So so I, I love I love their stuff, man. I love they're they're supporting me. Um, Trying to do more videos and more uh, picture content with them. Um, they got some new stuff coming out pretty soon. Can't really talk too much about it, but you know, hopefully, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a film with that, and you know, without saying too much about it, you know, um, they're they're, yeah, they're yeah. An amazing company too, man. Um, who else do I work with? Um, yeah, man, those are my big sponsor right there. Um, I recently started working with um, Truck Vault. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. truck wall is amazing, man. Those guys out there, Loss and all those guys are amazing, man. Um, <clears throat> so, me uh, as as a hunter, man, whenever I go out, I like to cook my um, whatever I hunt in the field. And and the system and the system that yeah. they have, man, those drawer system, you pull them out, you got big cutting boards on there. I throw my Traeger on there, you know, and I could just go to work out there, man. And this this stuff is solid, doesn't shake around. It's high quality stuff, man. I, I love I love truck wall stuff. Yeah. They're they're amazing, man. Um, looking forward to doing more stuff with them, also, man. Some more video content and stuff like that. Um, 
another guy that I met through um, Truck Vault is uh, uh, Jake, and that guy's amazing, man. He's so what he's doing. He's basically one stop place where you can go on his website. It's One Outdoors, and um, you can look for outfitters on there. They'll they'll hook you up with you know they got gear that you can use to go on a particular hunt. And I'm gonna start working a lot with them, um, doing a lot of stuff with them in the sense of like pictures and like video and food content and stuff like that. So um, look out for that. A lot, a lot of new stuff coming out with that, man. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. That's yeah, awesome. thanks, man. Yeah. Well, we have we're almost at two hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? Um. Any uh any closing thoughts before we before we wrap well man um just just thank you for having me on here man i'm just a regular dude who loves hunting and who loves the lord yeah, and cooking, man. man so th- thanks for giving me the opportunity to come out here man i'm looking forward to hunting with you more man and honestly dude like i, I gotta tell you this uh that dm that i sent you um you, yeah. you, you uh calling me out uh to hunt with you and i think robbie saw that so the video that you made is basically what started me on, you know, the outdoor industry and then, you know, Instagram and all that. And that, it says, no. you know, led to everything else, man. So I just want to thank you and give you the shout out for everything, bro, for the opportunity. Nah, dude, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just God's plan, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just a guy who gave his life to Christ and stepped in a beaver run after he did it, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah out in the out in the timber but um i appreciate that that's that's nice but yeah i i i think that um you just you you've got some you've got some really unique stuff going on and um you've got a really unique background and i think it's appealing and it tells a story and it tells a story of of unity and um we don't all have to look the same and do the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, duck hunting is not a white guy, North American sport. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think the stuff that you have on your page points that out. So anyway, man, I'm going to wrap it up and, um, and just thanks for, thanks for coming on, man. It's good to see you again. It's good to be with you. And, uh, yeah, I either need to come out to California because you've come to me I twice, have, hey, so I think turn. maybe it's, it's my turn. turn. Hey, I might take it. I might take it right. to Pakistan, man. <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, well, let's let's knock California out first. Um, <laughs> yes, sir, definitely. But let's. Uh, I'm putting it out now on episode forty that I will be coming out to California to shoot some ducks with you. Got to get you that uh, cinnamon, bro. I do have to get the cinnamon, man. I got to get that and a big canvas bag. There you go. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> All right, bro. Good talking to you, man. Good talking to you, buddy. Thank you. And with that, Gerard Messi has left the conversation. What an awesome dude, man. I love that guy. Um, we've got so many good memories in the books, and uh, he's helped our ministry grow. And uh, I just, I love his heart for hunting. I love his heart for food. I love his heart for his family and I love his heart for Jesus. So, um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, it helps a bunch. Revelation Outdoors Waterfowl Ministry is a registered 501c3 nonprofit. So if the, uh, if the mood strikes 
and you feel generous and you want to help support the podcast, support the ministry, uh, you can do so through our website, um, revelationoutdoors.com. We'd appreciate that. And with that, we will, uh, we're going to wrap it up and we'll have another episode for you in a couple of weeks. So, uh, bye-bye y'all.